Welcome to our first ever Amazing Blocks podcast, Tokenizing Everything. My name is Nicholas. I will be your host today. Our guest today is DLT Capital co-founder and Amazing Blocks sales advisor, Sergey Stein. He has a tremendous experience in the blockchain space and is considered a true blockchain enthusiast. Today, we will discuss the topic of tokenization It's with a special look at Liechtenstein and the current jurisdiction there. First of all, I have to state that all opinions in this um, podcast are solely personal and do not reflect the opinions of Amazing Blocks or any other involved parties. So let's start. Welcome, Sege. How are you? Hey, Niklas. Um, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good too. Um, I think everybody's a bit busy right now or uh, stuck with lockdown, but yes. I'm good so far. Um, so let me tell, let, let's, let's give our listeners a brief introduction to who you are and what is DLT Capital. Sure, Nicholas. Uh, thanks uh, for this opportunity. Um, as I said, my name is Sergei. Um, I've grown up in, in northern Germany and in Schleswig-Holstein, basically moved uh, to Hamburg um, to start my first ventures in, in e-commerce in the B2B space. Um, used to live um, five years in Hamburg. Um, those very first ventures also failed, obviously, due to the lack of experience, maybe also lack of funding back in the past. Um, Then I decided to move to uh, Frankfurt in order to pursue um, yeah, my studies in international business administration at the Frankfurt School of Finance and Management. Um, at that time, I basically had this idea of um, having a career in investment banking back then. Um, luckily, in 2016, I came across a technology called Ethereum back then, which got me um, super excited, obviously. <laughs> and in 2017, I joined the first venture um, on Ethereum, which was a P2P lending um, yeah, protocol, basically. And also during this ICO craze, um, yes, um, we kind of managed to raise uh, $60 million back then, very successful ICO. Um, yeah, this got me even more excited to dive even more deeper into it. So I decided then um, yeah, to create my own corporate finance blockchain advisory, which you already named, um, DLT Capital. And since then, we were advising a variety of startups, but also invested myself um, in different ventures. And yes, this is what I did. Yeah, very impressive Vita there. So, um, I mean, it really shows that you've been into the blockchain space also prior to the ICO craze. So in the early days, I would say. Um, right. so, so what was the first um, true experience with blockchain technology and especially Ethereum that you personally had? But what was the moment that kind of really convinced you? I mean, a lot of people in the blockchain space always talk about their wow moment. I mean, for some, it maybe was CryptoKitties. For others, um, it was actually true technology that can be leveraged um, in a positive way also to enhance society and for the financial structure and other you know, aspects in our um, business world. So what was this moment for you that really got you into this space and convinced? Yes, definitely. Um, I think there were at least two wow moments back then. I mean, the first time I read about Bitcoin in 2012, I kind of... Missed the opportunity back then, just heard it. It is kind of this, this, um, yeah, criminal internet money. But once I started to dive into those protocols and the, the technology behind it, I realized that there's a decentralized money infrastructure out there that is basically tamper proof and trustless where nobody can interfere. And this is something extremely unique, which we haven't seen, um, so far. But once you dive even deeper into those different protocols and understand different governance models, You basically um, also understand that there is much, much more than just this decentralized money. You have a lot of more opportunities, such as creating supply chain on the blockchain, also 
healthcare use cases and um, a lot of different things, even up to political voting, stuff like that. And yeah, we haven't seen something like that before. So this got me really excited. Yeah, I think um, it's it's very, you know, it's great to see how many different sectors blockchain can disrupt in the future. Um, so now you're an established blockchain entrepreneur. What, what is your experience with this in this space? How, can you tell our listeners a bit how, how it feels, what, what, what maybe differs from the traditional sectors so far? How is the blockchain space evolving as a whole for, for entrepreneurs? How does it feel for you personally? Yeah, um, it's a good point. I mean, it is quite different, to be honest. It's a very fast-moving space on the one hand. And there are just so many different technologies and innovations coming up every year. It's very difficult to catch up most of the time. But um, you kind of need to understand the ground basis, blockchain, DLT, let's let's call it that way. And um, once you understand that, basically, um, it's much, much easier. But from the startup perspective, I mean, we have different fundraising models. We have seen ICOs. We have seen which is called initial coin offerings. We have seen STO, security token offerings. And um, also different valuation models. I mean, how do you value basically assets on the blockchain? What kind of models do you use? Um, DCF most of the time doesn't really apply in those kind of situations. So there are different challenges uh, that are definitely coming up. Okay, yeah, um, I agree. I mean, as, as blockchain is evolving and, and going into the different sectors, obviously there's going to be obstacles to surmount, but also new innovations coming up and and. I think uh, some of the best or the, the most auspicious innovations are smart contracts, in my opinion, personally, and also tokenization. So can you tell us a little bit about um, how these two innovations kind of combine on the one hand and what kind of sectors these innovations will disrupt? Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you mentioned, smart contracts are one of the most important innovation in the blockchain space. Specifically, it happened the first time on Ethereum. Those are basically um, programmable conditions. And uh, in the financial sector, they're especially useful. I mean, you can create stuff like stable coins, for example, but you can also tokenize a variety of assets, everything from stocks, der derivatives, real estate, um, collectibles, and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, this is this is due to smart contracts um, and those basically decentralized kind of kind of rules that you can create on top of it. Yeah, um, and what what brought us smart contracts? I mean, you mentioned it already. Ethereum obviously is is the right. core driver here. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of copycats now out there, but Ethereum is obviously the 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 largest community, and I guess community is, is the most is a crucial factor in the blockchain space. So, so can you tell us a bit about the current state of Ethereum in your personal opinion and the challenges ahead with the upcoming switch from proof of work to proof of stake? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you mentioned, Ethereum is one of the oldest blockchain that implements smart contracts kind of successfully. Um, they use this consensus algorithm proof of work most of the time, the same that Bitcoin or similar to what Bitcoin uses. And now they are switching officially on the 1st December to proof of stake. Um, which is the phase zero, the, big, the beacon chain, which enables staking. Um, we have been long time waiting for that moment and it's finally happening. It's, it makes Ethereum much more scalable. I heard in the beginning up to 100 times uh, more scalable um, due to rollups and later on even up to 5,000 times more scalable where you have up to 100,000 transactions per second. So this is something that we definitely need, especially when it comes to financial transactions. If you want to have something like decentralized exchanges that do trade, let's say, security tokens on top of it, uh, you need a high 
a high throughput. And we have seen the problem with DeFi right now, where transactions were or transaction costs were spiking because Ethereum basically kind of yeah was congested most of the time. And um, we hope that it will be solved this time. Yeah, I mean, it's funny um, that you mentioned DeFi. We will definitely talk about this a bit later on. Um, DeFi is a hot topic in the blockchain space, but let's continue a bit more um, with the influence. Um, well, what do you see? Um, do you see DeFi, uh, no, sorry, do you see tokenization as the core driver of Ethereum or, or what is your opinion there? And how will the switch from proof of stake, uh, from proof of work to proof of stake kind of enhance the current um, adoption in terms of mainstream adoption of blockchain and tokenization in general? Yeah, I mean, I think tokenization, and if we talk about tokenization of assets, or this podcast is, podcast is called tokenization of everything, literally, um, we talk about a lot of value. I mean, for example, the derivatives market is up to $500 trillion worth, um, stock market worldwide is up to $100 trillion worth, and, and collectibles, for example, half a trillion dollars worth. So there's a lot of value that could be tokenized in theory. We already see this happening with uh, different applications, but we still have the problem that Ethereum uses proof of work and it's sort of slow so um, sometimes technology providers use sort of hybrid blockchains or private semi-private blockchains not really ethereum so much and um, we hope that this this is going to change i mean amazing blocks obviously is, is on the public chain um, of ethereum and um, we definitely need proof of stake to happen in order to be super scalable at, at the end of the day and really see financial transactions going through through this blockchain Yeah, I mean, um, tokenization of everything as a topic of our blockchain kind of already shows the potential that tokenization has in the future in terms of kind of, you know, creating a digital identity for reward assets, for just, just reward rights, for just about anything um, to kind of have this bridge or this merge between the digital world and the traditional world of finance and traditional world of business. And so, so what do you see as the current pain points that are still harming you know, the acceleration of the tokenization sector, which by 2027, according to multiple reports, is set to reach trillions of dollars, even potentially. Um, but what, what do you see as the current papers that are still holding this sector back? Yeah, I mean, there are different points uh, for sure. I mean, first of all, we need um, more clarity when it comes to regulation, right? I mean, we have seen um, different types of regulation in Germany, but also um, in the European Union um, getting released, um, not really released, just very first drafts, like the Mika regulation, which kind of um, differentiates between um, the stable coins and kind of regulated um more regulated, um, tokenized, let's say, fiat, some, something like CBD and so on. Um, so we need more regulation, more clarity around this, but also yeah, from, as we already said, and Ethereum and other technologies need to become more scalable in order to have more adoption. So those are kind of the main pain points. And also companies need to invest a little bit more into this industry and they need to try out more MVPs or more, more tokenization projects at this point. Um, we don't see it too much in a too large scale, even though the first institutionals obviously are getting into it in the first banks. So, yeah, I mean, I think the, the one of the core, you know, factors that is um, kind of slowing down the progress, I think, as you mentioned correctly, is, is the jurisdictional part. Because yeah. sure that you are able to tokenize bonds in some um, jurisdictions, you're able to tokenize participation certificates. However, um, there's barely any chance to tokenize true equity because I think 
this is when when you are able to tokenize to equity this is going to be one of the killer apps um for tokenization in terms of actually people seeing the the potential use cases inherits and because you cannot only tokenize shares that from traditional companies like bearer shares registered shares but you can also kind of create whole new asset classes um yes. for for illiquid assets like um, real estate or patents art even and and therefore you kind of create like a so-called token economy so right. so do you see a, a, a special jurisdiction out there so far that is kind of fit or already ready for this um token economy that is emerging in the age of web 3.0 yeah definitely i mean i would say there are a few jurisdictions which are kind of blockchain friendly but obviously we had amazing blocks we we picked uh, Liechtenstein um, a year ago since we saw that uh, with the Liechtenstein token act which has been released in the beginning of 2020 um that it basically allowed to tokenize or to put any right into so-called token container model and basically to have a full token economy in a, in a real sense where you have a lot of possibilities, most possibilities right now completely untouched. And one of the largest markets that we are kind of also touching right now at Amazing Blocks is the tokenization of equity, obviously. Um, something that is not really possible at this point in Germany or in other jurisdictions. And so Liechtenstein is really sort of at the forefront of, of innovation um, in terms of yeah, regulatory innovation at this point. Yeah, and I think um, Liechtenstein is a true pioneer in the regulatory space and a lot of other jurisdictions are actually taking note of, right. of what Liechtenstein is doing. Um, a core issue that, that people see with security tokens is, is passporting, for instance. Can you tell our listeners a bit more about the, the special situation that Liechtenstein inherits in this, in this particular aspect? Yeah, for, for those people that don't know, I mean, Liechtenstein is um, kind of part of the European economic area, but also part of the you know, Switzerland or also deeply connected to Switzerland. So basically, you have those connections of both sides. I mean, Switzerland, we know there's this, there's the Crypto Valley and it's kind of considered the Silicon Valley of, of, of Switzerland, basically. Um, but also you have um, yeah, the connection to Germany and many other jurisdictions. So Liechtenstein... Um, Kind of uses the euro but also the the swiss franc and has um yeah the best things of both worlds more or less and this makes things like passporting obviously much much easier if you want to issue a public offering a security token offering for example or even an equity token offering um you can do the passporting into a variety of european um, countries yeah way easier than it would be if you're kind of um, registered in switzerland which are actually a lot of Companies and foundations are in Switzerland, right? The Ethereum Foundation, Cardano Foundation, many, many more. So being in Liechtenstein has really this advantage of having both worlds. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Liechtenstein is kind of, you know, a special place. Um, sure, it's an inconspicuous country and some only uh, kind of connected with skiing or, or mountains and, and, and yeah. things like this. However, I think from a business perspective and especially from a blockchain perspective, it's a true hub here. Um, mm -hmm. So Liechtenstein has a true hub um, and Amazing Docs being, being one of the first ever to le leverage the Liechtenstein Token Act that was implemented in January of this year. Um, can I tell the listeners a bit more about um, the special role that um, Amazing Blocks specifically inherits in Liechtenstein? Yes, absolutely. So we recognized um, at the beginning of this year or even much, 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 much earlier that um, Liechtenstein will have this law and we need to create a solution around it, right? So this is when we started to develop, um, first of all, our tokenization solution, which is called TokenPad, where you basically can 
issue issue shares uh, on top of the Ethereum blockchain using the Liechtenstein token egg framework. Let's let's put it that way. And um, also currently working on, a, on an extension of our platform where you can basically onboard investors and have um, public equity offerings, for example. And um, we got everything approved by, by our partner, uh, our law firm, Nigele. So our solution, our tokenization solution is basically um, ready to go um, and compliant with the regulatory framework of Liechtenstein. So we wanted really want to make this sure that everything is, is, is um, yeah, it's basically possible with with our mm-hmm. technology. Yeah. So so let's let's just dive in into the, the equity token aspect a bit more here. Um, say so so just for for our listeners a bit. Um, how can they imagine? How does it usually look like if you tokenize equity in Liechtenstein? Say, do you when you when you go to Liechtenstein and you want to say tokenize, for instance, a classic car, or you want to tokenize right. a machine, solar panels, and so on? Um, how would you how would you approach this? Right. I mean, as you correctly mentioned, there are a variety of use cases, tokenizing classic cars, which is a very exciting one at this point for us. And um, I mean, the comparison to Germany is always in Germany, you would need to go to a notary, right, um, to, to have a very lengthy process, a very manual process in order to set up a company and then you, you have your startup or whatsoever, but you still cannot tokenize that, that company. In Liechtenstein, it's possible. You don't even need to go to, to the notary. You can establish it completely remotely and digitally. And um, even putting classic cars, as you said, into the stock company, it's the Aktiengesellschaft, the AG in Germany, and uh, basically selling shares of a classic car, I mean, which we haven't seen before yet. Um, most of the time, there are more in other use predictions, they are structured as participation rights, it's kind of the debt side, but here you can really own a share of a classic car. You can actually even have ownership tokens, which is also possible by law. Um, not super practic- practical at, at this time in other jurisdictions, but it's, it's basically possible and doable, and hopefully we see other jurisdictions following suit at some point. Okay, and and say I'm I have an AG like you mentioned in Liechtenstein. So so and I want to tokenize my own company shares, and right. also I want to tokenize um, assets that are owned. Um, is this possible? And how will this look like in Liechtenstein? Right. Um, I mean, once you set up the company, and by the way, you can uh, do it in means of a crypto transaction as well. You can use Ether, which we did at the Amazing Blocks ourselves. So putting Ether onto our hardware wallet and um, showing it to, to the yeah, share registry, basically, um, and founding the company then. But once more, you, the AG or the stock company that you tokenize, it's, it's equity, and then you could basically have some sort of a buy agreement to, to buy, let's say, classic car real estate, and that way you would own the... the um, those assets in your company and you could also sh- issue more shares on, on top of those ads- assets then so this is the full circle at the end mm-hmm. of the day okay and then this is very very interesting and and um is it also possible say if i if i want to tokenize equity of classic cars let's let's just um stay with this point for a bit um Say, say, can you also then offer this classic car equity, of course, um, to, mm-hmm. to investors on the one hand, but is it also possible to say, okay, and this is what I read, um, that it's also possible to say, okay, you, you tokenize the equity, and then on top of this, you, you issue additional, for instance, coupon tokens, which allow you to, to basically drive this car for amount X of days, and then you can basically have like a passive income. Do you think that this will be kind of a great alternative to traditional investments because it kind of creates a more stable income, a passive income, so to say, 
without having to to risk um, you know too much I mean this 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 coupon idea is definitely an interesting idea um, in a sense because you also allow the investors to basically use those cars you know and, and the usage is kind of represented in, in those tokens and also as you said it's an additional income or passive income purpose uh, for the company for the classic car company um, yeah I mean you could issue a lot of more use cases on top of that so I think this is a very interesting um, time to, to try out those things and I'm pretty sure we will see it in the near future. Okay, yeah, um, it's very exciting. Um, and say, say, you know, like, can you kind of guide us through the process when, when, you, when I'm a customer of Amazing Blocks mm -hmm. um, and I want to set up a legal entity in Liechtenstein and I want to tokenize it and then I want to subsequently also tokenize assets what um you know which steps on the way are kind of covered by amazing blocks and how does it look like how does this process look like from a perspective of steps that i need to take as a client and also um is this a process that takes long or is it a short process yeah it's 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 a good question i mean i i won't go into every individual step i'm, I'm happy to share more about that and you know during a personal call if somebody's interested to, to mm -hmm. know more um, but basically, you can reach out to us. It's it's either via the website or via email or may, maybe via other means. And um, and one of the very first steps is basically once we identified what kind of company or what kind of assets you want to tokenize, um, we usually reach out um, to our law law firm law partners um, to also um, kind of make you an offer and, and tell you the pricing of of the foundation of the company um, and more or less. Um, most of the process steps, we kind of have a guideline that we show our customers um, what are the individual steps and which week he needs he needs to do. And we provide all those templates. So it's it's very, very easy in the sense that everything is kind of prepared. The customer just needs to fill out those templates, the articles of association and so on, send it to the law firm. And, and within three weeks, he basically has this company set up. So this is kind of the best case scenario, let's say. <laughs> Okay, and, and once the company is set up, the software for Amazing Blocks can take care of the issuance part and therefore the minting of the tokens, um, yeah. where you kind of where you mint the tokens and then you basically send them to the whitelist listed Ethereum wallet addresses. And I think a core aspect here is also to mention that Amazing Blocks has a digital share register um, and therefore complies with the FMA in Liechtenstein. So, um, but on top of this, also other management tasks can be fulfilled, of obviously, and also from the investor's perspective. Um, so, so what do you think um, in terms of financial inclusion? Can this, this, this model of equity tokens inherit, especially for, for startups, so that they can actually also address retail investors uh, more specifically, and retail investors also now have the chance a bit more to participate in, in early stage companies than they maybe have had before? Yeah, I mean, you're you totally right. Um, this enables so many opportunities, especially the equity part of it, since you can issue kind of tokens the way you want uh, in a way or, or as many as you want. You can obviously uh, onboard retail investors to your own company. I mean, usually most of the time retail investors either invest through crowd, crowd invest platforms or, or um, through other means, but also they don't really have access to, to those kind of to those kind of investments most of the time. So imagine you're um, tokenizing a VC fund um, and creating or issuing equity tokens. Um, through our platform, it would be straight, very straightforward. And for the first time, retail investors could actually own real shares of a VC fund. 
and we haven't seen this this before. And as you mentioned, um, we have so many options with this with, with this platform. Basically, having general assemblies, you can have fundraising on the go, so you can make everything digitally and remotely. Um, just because those equity tokens allow you also to have a certain governance model to to vote on on certain um, decisions within the company. Okay, yeah, this is this is just a broad perspective. I would say every step of the way, every you know part of the life cycle is yeah. kind of covered by this solution. Right. Um, so, so if someone is still not convinced by by all the the great points that you mentioned, say, so how would you address a person like this? Yeah, true. I mean, uh, first of all, if, if there's still blockchain skeptics in the sense, um, try to get involved. I mean, try to invest maybe a little bit of money, even though I need to say this is not investment advice from my side, but you can basically already now invest into security tokens. There are a few projects out there. There are a few projects raising. Um, if you're interested in, in tokenizing yourself, you can reach out to us. We actually have a um, demo version that we can showcase um, to you just for you to see how, how it works in, in real time. And yeah, and then we can also tokenize your startup the next time or your real estate or whatever you own. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, then um, I think um, hopefully, you know, that, that people will actually see the potential this inherits and not, not only from the perspective of, um, you know, kind of integrating the traditional world of finance into the blockchain space, but also in the future, for instance, when we look at one of the hottest trends in the blockchain space right now, DeFi, decentralized finance, um, do you see these two, you know, these two trends, these two killer apps of blockchain, decentralized finance and tokenization kind of merging in the future? And if so, uh, what are the potential, you know, synergies that may, may come up from this? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Uh, I mean, decentralized finance, it's really incredible um, how much the space has grown over the past year. I mean, it's now roughly $16 billion worth, I think. And um, I think one of the largest assets actually wrapped, wrapped Bitcoin. So it's kind of uh, Bitcoin within the ESC20 token. It's actually also a form of tokenization, if you want, right? And something that institutional investors obviously um, also are interested in. And um, yeah, DeFi is already merging, I think, with tokenization. I mean, we have something like synthetic assets. We have some, some, something like insurance products on top of it. And we will see many, many more use cases. We will see decentralized exchanges also for security, token, uh, security tokens in the very near future. Um, so those spaces will merge and it will make it more um, exciting, more innovationable come out of this. And as you said, not just putting the traditional infrastructure on top of it, which is obviously also kind of needed and, and, and um, large in terms of, in terms of dollar value, but uh, seeing new products actually appearing, that's um, more exciting, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think one of the, the most interesting use cases here is um, using tokenized equity, for instance, of an asset like real estate as collateral. Um, right. on top of these DeFi or locking it as collateral into these DeFi protocols. Um, and also um, what I think um, this, this whole uh, tokenization sector can bring to DeFi is, is liquidity. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell our listeners a bit more how actually tokenized assets and tokenized equity in general can provide liquidity and why liquidity is so much needed in the DeFi sector? Yeah, you're right. I mean, we have seen those kind of things like liquidity mining from a variety of, let's say, DeFi coins. But usually um, there was no real value in a sense kind of coming out of it. Um, so once you put real life assets such as real estates or other things on, on, on top of DeFi applications, you actually have interest rates or, or yield coming from 
um, products or assets from the real world where there's you know some some real demand borrowing borrowing and lending going on. So this is what you need. And um, yeah, as you said, institutional investors are kind of hungry for that. So this is where probably also the liquidity is coming from. We know that the lending market is an extremely large market. So once we put this on top of DeFi with real value or real world assets, um, this whole space becomes more mature and also probably more de-risk over time. Okay. Yeah. And I believe that, that, that kind of these two, um, you know, you know, these two industries will, will grow dually and simultaneously um, and kind of, you know, um, complement each other on their, their path to disrupting the, the current fed, traditional finance sector. Um, and that's when at least about DeFi, what you mentioned earlier are governance tokens. Mm-hmm. So governance tokens, um, for those that don't know, are tokens within these DeFi systems or generally blockchain protocols that have like certain roles in terms of voting on the democratized system. Um, so how do you, do you see these governance tokens in comparison to equity tokens? Yeah, I mean, I think we've, we briefly talked about it already. I mean, once you own equity tokens in a company, you can do voting within a company, basically, as long as your shareholder agreement kind of allows for that, right? So equity token, in a sense, are also governor tokens, but really focused on, on equities or, or different types, types of assets. Um, so I, I see there the connection, in a sense, and I think governance tokens and equity tokens are extremely important in, in this space and of high interest for, for everyone. So. And what is your, your, your take on the jurisdictional aspect and regarding the two governance tokens? Um, do you think that um, you know, jurisdictions will kind of adopt their law, laws to kind of um, have them in a similar role in, in terms of from a legal perspective, like equity tokens? Or do you see still a, to, to the divide too huge between their regulatory aspects? Right, I, I think it, it's it's going to be, or it is, an own token form. Basically, I think governor tokens. Most of the time, those are just simply the native tokens of a certain protocol. For Ethereum, it's Ether. For Cardano, it's Ada, and and so on and so forth. And they they are already regulated in their own sort of way. So mm-hmm. you probably cannot. So so governor tokens are not security tokens. They are not securities. Mm-hmm. So they have their own sort of yeah framework. Yeah. And this, I think, is, is the core, core benefit, you know, of the Liechtenstein jurisdiction where we can have these equity tokens, which from a technical perspective behave or, or can behave in the same way that uh, these governance tokens and blockchain protocols behave um, with peer-to-peer trading and so on and 24-7 um, availability to trade. But however, the huge and the major differences are the KYC and AML aspects. So, so how is KYC name L? Um, just to wrap this up quickly, um, how is KYC, you know, in, improved in the Liechtenstein jurisdiction in terms of uh, allowing, for instance, ownership transfers of equity tokens? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I'm not sure how it has improved over the last years. I'm just aware that Liechtenstein has basically four different levels of of KYC, depending on how wealthy you are, let's say the more wealthy, the more sort of uh, you need to prove where your you know, where the source of the funds uh, is coming from. Um, but more or less, I think KYC is quite standard, um, also similar to to other jurisdictions. So I, I mean, I, I don't see there any hurdle or whatsoever. It's which is pretty pretty much uh, the same as, as we have. I mean, we obviously, with our platform and amazing blocks, we can do KYC manually. You can just upload all the information. You don't need like a third provider necessarily in, in order to do that. That's the beautiful okay. thing. 
So you basically do not need to go to an intermediary to kind of have this uh, transaction of equity. Yeah, this is very impressive. Yeah. So last but not least, something that, that I think is quite an interesting question. Where do you, just out of the blue, where do you see blockchain and tokenization, especially in, in say, 10 years from now? Right. Um, I think in 10 years from now, tokenization will be probably um, adopted by 50% from, from most traditional finance <laughs> industries. Um, it will be probably um, the standard, not the exception. So most companies will um, sort of yeah, tokenize their, their assets in the future. And after that, um, other industries such as supply chain, healthcare and so on will follow suit. But also, even within the next two to three years, we will see a lot of movement happening in the tokenization space um, as we see it right now. Okay, um, so Sergey, um, thanks for being here today. I really enjoyed our, our discussion regarding you know, the tremendous potential that tokenization and blockchain in general inherits. Um, it was great to have you. Um, and I think everyone listening learned a lot today regarding you know, the special role that Liechtenstein inherits in this in this disruptive journey um, for mainstream adoption and reward use cases, especially for blockchain. So um, yeah, I really had enjoyed having you here and um, see you soon. Sure. Thanks for the opportunity, Nicholas. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. So to our listeners, um, thank you for, for attending this great podcast. Um, if you want to get in touch with Amazing Box and what we do, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, send me an email or just visit our website and uh, go to www.amazingblocks.io and just um, feel free to reach out and fill out the form and, and request documents so we can definitely get back to you and schedule a call. Thank you for listening.